I'm going to do all of this again because I can't speak. <laughs> Why? Like, I'm only just, or I'll do it again. You want me to do it? Uh, yeah, Chris, over to you. What are the plastic arts? Plastic arts may refer to any form of art that is created by molding and sculpting in a variety of media. Creations may be made with a wide range of materials ranging from modeling clay to iron. Some artists also make sculptures or functional pieces from recycled plastic. While visual art is typically one-dimensional and produced on canvas or paper using ink or paint, plastic art is three-dimensional and usually involves intricate carving or chiseling. Interesting. I would have just assumed that was sculpture or like sculpting. Yeah, I guess it is. It doesn't, nothing I can find explicitly says what, other than that one picture I saw, which is, I guess, sort of a sculpture, like an installation, I guess, is what oh, you call okay. that. I yeah. Know. This article headline here says that she creates sculptures, installations, and layered imagery on canvas. So fascinating. I wonder how she got involved with this. I also had that pulled up. Hang on one second. Um, this is off of Wikipedia. So again, who knows how true this is. Um, but. According to that, it says they, uh, yeah, he was just introduced to her um, and liked her energy and just thought she was like, I guess he had already written the character and mm -hmm. thought that she matched what, I guess, he, how he envisioned the character. So he, yeah, he asked her to be in it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. On the poster for the movie, her name is written Park Jimin. But then when you look up her name on Wikipedia, it's Jimin Park. So is that like a Korean thing where you invert? It's the... a thing for a lot of um, Asian countries, uh, oh, okay. like where I think the Westernized when their name, like I guess, are anglicized. I guess their names are are like flip, flipped. I'm, oh, I don't. Okay. Uh, this is probably wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I believe that's the case. So, like for instance, I really should know more about this. I, I think it'd be the same thing for like Park Chan Wook would be Wook Park Chan. I believe okay. we, we might have to cut this out. <laughs> Well, no, because I mean, like, we're not expected to know everything. You know what I mean? And obviously, yeah. we don't do any fucking research. So many Koreans use a westernized version of their original Korean name to adopt to adapt to international English-speaking context. This may involve reversing the arrangement of their given name and family name to suit English Western naming conventions. Oh, interesting. All right, you didn't have to throw that last. Oh, part that in. makes sense because if you think about it, if your first name is hyphenated, usually we would hyphenate a last name. Yeah. So by inverting it, it suits the naming conventions of the West. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think that's what we're, we're getting at. Interesting. Yeah, she does have a very good look. She has, she's very striking, very pretty. I can understand why you would cast her based on her look because she, she definitely has the look or she carries herself. She carries herself in that specific. Yeah, that's, um, that's part of, uh, according to the Wikipedia like, quote, he said he, he felt like she embodied like the free-spiritedness of the character of Freddy. And that they, apparently they had like further conversations to develop that character a little more. So she, it seems like she was a little involved in. In like in that. shaping that character. Yeah. Based around probably some of her experiences that she probably. Yeah. Drew, yeah. Drew I'm sure. And, and according to him, she brought like another like aspect of, of like how maybe a young, like natively French woman might react in situations in, in, a, in like Korean society. We forget, or I would forget that, you know, like the culture shock of it all would be pretty dramatic yeah for anybody but let alone somebody like the, the i think that's a really interesting angle that the movie has is the the culture shock aspect of going back to a place that you were born that you were never raised in that you don't speak the language but you look like everybody else 
but you don't feel like you belong there at all. And people look at you and just assume that you're from there. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, th- I really like the opening scene of this where like she's just kind of like getting her bearings for everything. And then uh, she has that one moment where is it is it once she's gathered all the people where they tell her she has like a kind of like old Korean face sort of. Yes. So yeah. And now that must be a thing too. I know like I'm going to tiptoe around this subject because I don't want to offend anybody because I don't really know about it but I think uh, say in Japan also they have a it's like a thing if you're if you're like darker skinned it's it indicates that you might be from an island as opposed to being another island as opposed to being from Japan mainland so yeah so like they have like a I'm trying to think of what it is so when they say you you look old Korean Mm -hmm. I think it's in reference to her features in, in terms of like how the features of Korean people have changed throughout mm-hmm. time. So like yeah. maybe with the influx or of like foreign, foreign, yeah, foreign influence, foreign influence. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, and I think that's really interesting too, because not only is she not from there, but she's born there. When she goes there, people refer to her as you look old Korean, which is funny because she's not even, you know, she doesn't even recognize this. She thinks of herself as French to an extent, you know? Yeah. Especially early on in the movie. I think she like definitively thinks of herself as French. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Because I think she definitely softens over them. Well, not she definitely doesn't soften, but she definitely yeah. um, adapts, I think. Yeah. More chameleon-like, where um, she probably takes advantage of that. The French title of the movie, so this is a French production. The French title of the movie is called Retour à Sol, but the original English title is All the People I'll Never Be. Oh really? Which I prefer to all of the titles, personally. I think yeah, that's, that's a, a good title. I, I like think it a lot. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool title. So it's a 2022 drama film written and directed by Davy Chow, and starring Ji Min Park, as we mentioned, as a 25 year old French adoptee who travels to South Korea seeking seeking her biological parents. The movie premiered in the Uncertain Regard section of the Cannes Film Festival on 22nd of May, 2022. So almost exactly at the one year anniversary from its oh, wow. premiere at Cannes yeah. on the day that we're recording this film was selected as the Cambodian entry for the best international feature film. I'm not sure how that works. So how can Cambodia select it? Is So it must've been a joint production. I perhaps a funding um, or is, I'm going to say something too, which I probably shouldn't say when I have to edit out is Cambodia French colonial. Yeah, no, I don't think that's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. that there's. I mean, I'm sure a lot of European countries probably had a hand in. Because I'm pretty sure that. last year at Cannes wasn't that Claire Denis movie selected for France. Uh, not Stars, Stars at Noon. Stars no, at Noon. Stars oh, um, uh, both sides of the blade. Both sides of the blade. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. France gained ground in Cambodia until 1993, and there are certain areas of Cambodia that still speak French. Yeah. So I, I'm probably not right, but I'm also not a million miles off. Mm-mm. Um, with that and it made the december shortlist um language, for best international feature film it it, re- it received uh, critical acclaim like currently it's sitting i think at like a seven not that you should rotten to, uh, use imdb as like a any kind of barometer for whether or not you should see a movie but i think it's sitting at around seven seven point five on, at 97 on rotten tomatoes ni- it's sitting at 97 on rotten tomatoes yeah it's according to wikipedia uh critical uh yeah i assume I, I feel like they only list the i can pull it up real quick um yeah out of 115 critic reviews 97 percent positive with an average rating of 8.1 interesting and then an 87 on metacritic which is like out of 37 critics but 
Metacritic's a little more, uh, I don't know, restrictive about who they let. let uh, uh, qualify as a critic? Yeah. Uh, yeah, which they should be. Yeah, yeah. I think. So uh, a little note on production. Again, Crib from Wikipedia, as always. Director Davy Chow got the idea for the, for the film from a similar experience with his friend, also a French woman in her 20s, adopted from South Korea. Uh, so, sorry, adopted from South Korean biological parents who traveled with him to Seoul, Korea during the first during the film of his 2011 documentary, Golden Slumbers, to meet her biological father and grandmother for the first time. Seeing how emotional their meeting was, he decided to make the film on similar lines. Not knowledgeable in Korean culture or the experience of adoption at first, he researched these elements by talking to his friend and other adoptees as well as reading books, identifying some similarities with his own life as a son of immigrants from Cambodia. I don't know why. I, 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 you know what I did? I keep forgetting this isn't a visual medium because <laughs> I said that and I looked at you like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And I'm like, nobody, nobody You knows. looked at the camera in that moment. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, I, broke the, I broke the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Is this how we're, how we're announcing that we're going to do video episodes? Yeah. Uh, coming soon. <laughs> my movie's last night YouTube channel. Uh, let's just skip YouTube, go straight to TikTok. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll just upload snippets. Everything will be like very short form. That's like, so identifying some similarities with his own life as a son of immigrants from Cambodia who had left the country before the Khmer Rouge took over. Chow met Jin Min Park, G Min Park, uh, through a personal introduction and decided to cast her as Freddie, her first film role as he saw her as someone who shared the essence of Freddie's free-spiritedness. He further developed her characterization through conversations with Park who challenged some of his notions as a male director. Oh, interesting. Because, so after we finished watching the movie, we just literally watched it like 20 minutes ago, which is kind of like a new thing that we're doing. When you said the director's name, I was like, oh, it was a guy because it didn't feel like a guy directed that movie at all. And I don't know why I'm saying that, but it felt very much entirely from a woman's perspective. So much so that I just assumed that it was written and directed by a woman. So kudos, it definitely her challenging some of his notions and helping him understand the Korean patriarchal uh, society. So it's a very patriarchal society. Again, I don't know much about Korean um, customs or yeah. truthfully not a lot about Korea at all, or like South Korea. But that's interesting because the movie definitely for me registers that way. So it's actually pretty impressive. I think that it, like, because it feels to me, this movie feels to me very like, very much like somebody's, um, somebody who would, in my head, I could imagine somebody writing and directing this who had literally gone through that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very um, specific like situation that it was highlighting. Yes. Her character is a very specific. She's so her French name is what's it, Freder Freddy? Frederick. Uh, Frederick. 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 Yeah. And then when she eventually heads back to uh Korea, she is told that her birth name was uh Ji Hoon. Ji Hoon, I think. I cannot pronounce it, and I'm not going to try. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to butcher it, but I think that's what it was. So, uh, we'll. I'll just call it Freddie because that's mm -hmm. easiest for me to engage. But um, she's such a specific character, mm -hmm. um, down to certain quirks and, and certain things that she does, and the way that she acts. That feels to me that it would be difficult to just create a character like that. That has to be somebody you know, somebody you are, in a way. Because I, th I feel like there's a lot of things. It's weird because I kind of had the this, this sensation when I was watching it that it feels like a lot of things that she's doing and acting and behaving like is like would be literally what somebody would tell you as a story rather than 
I just think that it's so specific. Her behavior is so specific to a, a specific person who has that specific set of quirks or um, behavioral patterns. That's a lot of specificity. It is very specifically specific. <laughs> uh, I would say so. Um, anyway, um, so we just watched it, and I feel like we're bouncing around all of it, but I don't care because we're just we, we we haven't even discussed it. Like I went outside for a cigarette, came back in, and. I don't think everybody knows where everybody where everybody. Way to do yeah. it. I don't know where you're sitting, Daniel. I don't know where you're sitting, Chris, in terms of what you've I think you guys kind of know what I felt about it upon my initial reaction. So let's kind of get it out of the way spoilers free. Okay. There's not much to spoil. I mean, really. No, I don't There's no I plot mean, twist. It's not like we're gonna spoil like, I don't know, a it's not that Shyamalan kind of, movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not no, that kind of movie. No, it's really. not. It yeah. it does what it says on the tin. Now, some of some of the events that unfold in some characters' behavior, I think, is pretty interesting and unexpected. Yeah, within that. So, spoiler-free, coming hot off the heels of watching it. What do you guys think? Who wants to go first? Chris, I really enjoyed it. I think it was just a nice, casual slice of life film. Had some heavy moments. Definitely. Yeah, I just I felt like the character that she was portraying was done really well. And like you said, a very specific person. So I think I was able to step in the shoes of that experience that someone probably had. And also just, I think I'm not, I'm not adopted. I can't ever understand what that experience is, but I know from working with people that are, and just having people, friends that are, that there's like a specific feeling. I can't, we keep saying specific. This is a very specific episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, there is a, a certain feeling Asserted, yeah. that I think adopted kids have when it comes to family and family of origin. I think this movie did a really good job of tapping into that. I enjoyed it, Daniel. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I've had my eye on this movie for a while, though. Um, as someone who is adopted, um, it, well, I remember seeing the trailer for it, I guess, last year or earlier this year uh, at the Bell Court. Yeah, me too. Um, and I just, you know, I was like, I have to see that because it spoke to me, I guess, in a way. I don't know. I've, uh, it's, not, it's something I've, I've, I was adopted from Peru when I was 18 months old. So uh, it's something I've always thought about going back there. Um, haven't done it yet. Uh, but it's something I want to do at some point. And I've also met my, my biological mother and sister. Yeah, no, no, I don't know. Um, overall, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a, a really th- kind of, th- I thought it was like thoughtful and com- complex like depiction of, of a person. I don't know if this will make sense. Who's looking for something that they don't, but they don't really have any idea what that is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, and how, I, I don't know, the different directions that can lead you in in your life and and like how confusing that can be at times i can imagine for a person um and i thought that depiction of that was really good and i and i think the performances are really really good in this movie um i would have i feel like it maybe goes to like a certain we'll get get into it i'm sure a little later i feel like it hit it goes to like a certain uh well maybe one too many times yes but at the same time i feel like i don't know i feel like that's still that's true to that character in this story um, but we, again, we can get into it more. Overall, I really liked it. I think the character is frustrating. I think she's incredibly frustrating. She's very frustrating. I think she's supposed to be. But I think she's also as frustrated as we are with her, or we may be, she is equally, if not more, frustrated with herself. And I think that that comes across. Do you think it's with herself or with her situation? Because sometimes, both. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would like to think so because I think her bit, some of her behavior is like borderline. Well, it's, there's certain things that happen later on in the movie where it kind of pushes her one direction yeah which is i felt was better left ambiguous 
mm-hmm. terms of her behavior. I thought she was a bit more dynamic until she was kind of pushed over the line. And then I was like, oh, I kind of understand who you are now. And I feel like there's also like, so the element of her looking for something, but not know, really knowing what it is. It's also looking for something that technically doesn't exist because it's like, I, too. and I'm trying to, so I'm trying it as somebody who it, it didn't come from a background like that and didn't have that experience. I'm trying to like relate to how she feels. or like try to put myself in her shoes, shoes the whole movie, which I think is a, a testament to what the movie's doing right. Because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, well, what would I do? How would I feel in that situation? And you don't know until you're in that situation, but you can kind of guess. It strikes me as that, so she ends up going back to Seoul, returning to Seoul, going and from France, which I'm guessing is a long flight. It's probably like a 14 hour flight or something, 15, 16 hour flight. She gets there and it's almost like as if she has no, no initial plan. Like it's just, I'm here. I'm going to see what happens, which I don't think is true. I think obviously like yeah. as the movie unfolds, we, we, we kind of put two new, like, I think she, she knew that she had to go there. She's looking for, like I said, looking for something. She doesn't know what mm-hmm. it is. And I think ultimately she's looking for something that has never existed and will never exist because it didn't exist. So you're left with this hypothetical version of who you are and what your life would have been or could have been. And I think that must be difficult because you, it's not there for you to find because it never existed. And I think that's a really interesting conundrum to be in because there's no peace that comes with that to an extent. I'm not saying that some people probably do find peace with it, but for people like her, I think she was, she's looking for something either to explain something to herself to, so she can figure herself out, like unlock a code to herself and be at peace. Yeah. And the cruelty of it is, is that it's not a thing she can tangibly get. So she either has to like learn to make peace with who she is or continue down that path where she's at, at war with herself. Or like, that's the impression that I get from her. And I think when I'm watching the movie, it's very difficult for me. And I, and I realize this is me bringing my own shit into movies of me projecting on a character, but like, and this isn't a spoiler, but I kind of find her a little bit grating, a little annoying. And I kind of find her like, I dislike her as a person. Um, pretty thoroughly uh, from mm. top to bottom. And my problem is, and I'm doing this to the movie, is that I don't have to like her to hear her story. I don't have to agree with her behavior to to watch her story and to learn from her story and to watch the other people who interact with her and learn about their stories. And, and what I'm doing is I'm fighting against the movie the whole time because what I is essentially, I think, a very well shot, expertly, not expert, like crafted, like very, very well, emotional, engaging, well-written, well performed and it's probably a testament to her performance how much that i don't like her so all of these things are taking the boxes for me and i'm like okay this is great but i just fucking really dislike her and then which is keeps taking me out of the movie and that's me and i know that's me projecting i find that interesting her. because i mean unless i'm wrong she doesn't really say a lot in the movie she doesn't i yeah and but she doesn't i think well, she does without saying it yeah but she does a lot of through her actions she through her actions yeah definitely an incredibly frustrating and very sad character Mm -hmm. but and it's like another character in the movie even says straight up to her face at one point yeah you're broken yeah you're very she just says you're a very sad sad person person. and i think that's also a frustration that i think you can have with people who are that i mean i look at it as like say if somebody is like clinically clinically depressed um, entirely caught in themselves. It sometimes those people are difficult to be around because you can't. You feel like 
I can't connect to you yeah. because there's no, you, you don't connect. That can frustrate you and that can make you feel like, well, is it me? Am I the problem? Am I, am I being a dick or are you being a dick? In either way, there's like, you can't reach out to that person. You can't like, you can't shake them out of it. I'll be like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like I'm here. Somebody else is here. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's one of the cruelties for people like that who go through that is that they probably struggle to hold on to people in their lives because people find it difficult to be around them. And then they also, that also compounds how they feel. So as people walk away from them or people turn their backs on them or people say, you're too much hard work. You're like, you're, you're making me feel like shit. That only compounds like the loneliness and separation that they feel from everybody else. Yeah. So I think it requires great patience to be around somebody like that and like incredible amount of patience to be around somebody like that. And I feel like maybe I just didn't have the patience for her in this movie. So it's, an, it's interesting. And I think we were talking about earlier on, we were talking about something, um, what's his face's new movie, uh, Glazer's new movie, and how Primate Cans and how everybody was like kicking off about it and saying it was vile and disgusting in the movies about a, he's like a prison leader at, uh, at Auschwitz. He's like the, a, the concentration camp, of, commandant of Auschwitz. Yeah, um, and then it's focusing on him and his family. Yeah, And I guess, I don't know enough about, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to read anything into the movie till I see it, but the pushback, and we were actually had a discussion about it before the movie started, but we were like, you should be allowed to make movies from the perspective of somebody who isn't inherently a good person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that she's not a good person, but she's not a likable person. And that's fine. Like, I don't have to fall in love or be enraptured by everybody's story that yeah. I'm... I think the movie's kind of teaching me that lesson. She's a hurt person. She's very hurt and hurt people hurt people. I know it's yeah. like a bumper sticker, but it's true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the longer I'm sitting with the movie and as we're talking about the movie afterwards, I'm starting to appreciate it more. Because I feel like if you guys weren't here and we didn't have this discussion, I'd probably, I probably would have quit the movie earlier. Or if I hadn't, I would have sat it through and I'd probably been like, well, I didn't like that movie. And I think maybe my initial gut reaction is wrong. Well, I don't know about that. That's how you feel about her. That's how you feel about her. I I agree that she's an incredibly frustrating character at times. And that like, there are a lot of, a lot of the actions of her actions in this movie are uh, like ugly. Like they're, they're mean spirited and, uh, I think, but I think a lot of them are coming from a place of like confusion and for her. Probably, you know, like I was left at a young age. I can't trust anybody. So I'm going to push everybody away. It seems, to be, yeah, it seems to be a little bit of that, but also the whole, like just the, what's, I can't remember what the exact line is at the beginning, but like she, she says that like she ended up here like on accident or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, you didn't. No, you like, didn't. Yeah. Or, or like the, she has that phone call with her mom where she like kind of blows up on her mom that that one hit really hard for me yeah. um as i don't know like i've been in that situation where i've kind of like done something and like had to sort of explain it and then having to explain it to my parent has has like for whatever reason has like just made me angry and i've kind of like blown up on them and and i, I don't know i just really related to that to that particular moment but like she kind of like lays it all out there for like explicitly she's like like i don't know like i had two weeks of vacation i had to go somewhere yeah she gets like well yeah and it's like well you you know yeah you had to go somewhere but like you chose to go to seoul and it wasn't like a you didn't just throw a dart like on a map like you some part of you whether you want to acknowledge it or not wanted to do this being called there yeah yeah, and her and her adopted mother is frustrated because she is like, "Well, hey, we were going to go together. The plan yeah. was that at some point we'd go together." And, and 
you know, like that's also going to be difficult for her because when she's raising this child as her own, the notion that your child at some point is going to want to revisit home. And then it's that feeling like, oh, well, I don't want to lose them because I, I what, what happens if they go home and then they decide that they, this is where they're from and they don't want to come back. So like it's tense all across the board for everybody yeah. involved. Um, tense for the biological parents who ultimately meet because the guilt that they feel, um, at least in this specific yeah. circumstance. Now, I'm not sure. I don't think that's the case for everybody, but the characters, her biological father, who we meet first, is like overwhelmed with guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that his mother and is is if his is sis. feeling that too. Yeah. So like, there's generational guilt just based around the fact that then you know. And that's, it's kind of a mind fuck all around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a difficult thing to encounter on a first meeting with somebody. Yeah. That, that like, speaking kind of from experience as someone who's like met my own bi- biological mother, that's a difficult thing to like process and deal with because like that person is you, uh-huh. but they're not yeah. as well. And like my, my biological mother expressed like similar, not, not, she wasn't, you know, my, she didn't get drunk and like text me <laughs> like, <laughs> you know things weepy diatribes about like how bad she feels about giving me up or anything but like you know she expressed when we met she expressed some like i guess we call it guilt or sorrow and that you know that's a difficult thing to to know how to handle or deal with because mm-hmm. it's i personally like it i know it's not my fault but it, like you kind of feel like it is well but yeah. at the same time you want to be like hey like it's okay like i'm i have a great life i'm alive i'm happy like yeah. you know i'm I don't, I think all you can do in situations like that is just be like, I don't hold anything against you for what you did. And obviously that's not something that happens in this movie because this character is not ready to, to meet her biological father at the point that she does meet him, I think. Because the movie actually, uh, the adoption kind of agency that, that she, she goes to, they like strongly advise that you don't do that. Like mm-hmm. there's like, a, they have like a step system where it's like an introduction and then like a verbal introduction. And then, you know, it goes through and then yeah. they suggest that you learn Korean culture a little bit and you learn the language a little bit. So when you do, because it, there's probably a lot of things lost in translation, like yeah. her father's behavior when he's like overly emotional. And then the, I think it's his sister, her auntie. Yeah. The, yeah, the, aunt. the aunt who's working is like, doing the best she can as an interpreter, bless her, because she really is trying hard. And she's con- she's interpreting his Korean into English so she can understand what she's saying. Based around that nobody's first language is English, it's the one that's being used as the universal. Yeah, And I think that also plays into it too, the lost in translation, because as we know that when one things get translated, what on either direction it gets changed and shorthanded in a way that can be kind of comical. Like there's some laughs that I think I had. I laughed a couple of times at some of the like the translations were being so off or being purposely translated to be kinder, yeah, to be kinder, or yeah, yeah, especially when with her friend from the hotel initially, where like she like she is purposely softening a lot of, mm-hmm. of Freddie's like yeah. words to her her yeah. biological dad, which is interesting in itself because it's almost like that's a filter that Freddie herself does not have, like in terms of she is unable to filter herself when she communicates with other people. That's an interesting dynamic that's also tied in through that yeah and then also to to circle back though the cultural aspect his behavior when he gets drunk and he's very he's being very very like apologetic and like constantly constantly harassing her she expresses that's a thing that korean men do and i don't know how accurate that is or if that's a stereotype but at the same time she'd have no way of knowing that so she's just seeing him as being like kind of a nut job 
in a way. Yeah. Or like overbearing. Yeah, definitely. To, at the least. Um, yeah. Or just like she's just not ready for that. No, yeah, yeah she at and all. And she wasn't ready at all for that. Yeah, I did like that kind of humorous moment though, where like she explains that to her in the bar and then the guy that she had hooked up with earlier yeah, in the movie kind of like thing. does it does the exacting thing, like sort of professes his love for her and yeah. like he's like, You should, you know, you should stay in, in Korea and um, I thought but once that again a, her cruelty shines through there where she's uh, like yeah. I have a boyfriend and then her friend is like no you don't like why are you saying she's that like, like yeah, it's just like, cruel and even if he did you cheat on your boyfriend with him so like yeah. what kind of a person does that make you anyway yeah. like so yeah but it's that is funny how I that's immediately I kind of understand that though because it's like you just kind of came here on a whim this you slept this guy once and he's trying to he wants you to move here and like yeah expressing I mean, his love for you and like i 100%. you know yeah that guy she needs know to that chill. guy anything yeah that guy definitely needs to chill she but know anything and no, like uh, but but still she was like but it, it's the fact that it, it's the fact that she knew what was happening and it, it felt a bit oh, like yeah. she was toying with him a little mm -hmm. bit yeah which is interesting but i guess that all circles back to her and, and, and all circles back to if she felt like she was abandoned like you said chris if she felt like she was abandoned she automatically has a wall up to other people full stop in 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 the sense of like i'm not even going to allow you to get to know me because if you abandon me that's another abandonment yeah. i'm guessing i mean i'm just guessing i would but. say that too and also what's cultural there and also what is not actually okay with her or what does she want like trying to have to navigate all that with the language barrier mm -hmm. really interesting it is interesting i kind of wish that we had watched it with no subtitles and just had the french subtitles so we would just been just as lost as her. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. Bit, yeah. That that would be an interesting way to watch it. I don't know if it would work, but it'd be an interesting yeah. way mm -hmm. to watch it. I think all in all, positive from all. Th I'm I'm definitely leaning back towards positive. I do have my hangups with it. I don't think it's perfect. I think I went up to get something out of my car, and then Daniel went take a leak, and then. Chris, you paused it. Mm -hmm. And then when we came back in, you said to me, how long do you think it has left to go? And I was like, 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. And we were all like, and then you were like, no, it's like 55 minutes left to go. I felt the length of the movie a little bit. I did too. Especially towards the end. I feel like... I feel like in the back half, I did. I didn't... Not in the first no. half. And I, honestly, if we had not paused it, I don't know that I would have. Yeah, true. But I feel like there is a... Do we want to move to talking a little more about specific things that happen yeah okay. so we're not going to take a break as we usually do but we're just going to roll in so from this point onwards we're going to talk spoilers so specific spoilers. Yeah, if you want specific, like, we're going to get into specific plot details there's not really yeah. spoilers for oh, this God, it's not that right. sort of movie but yeah. it's um, not specifically that kind of a movie somebody dm us and tell us how many times we say specific in this oh, episode it's probably bad <laughs> it's probably like about the same amount of times we said art in that last episode yeah <laughs> we said art like five thousand times in the first 20 minutes um <laughs> I um okay, so you've been warned. Spoilers. Okay, go ahead. I think there's like one too many time jumps. Yes, I agree. So I agree with that. And they come out of nowhere. The yeah, length of time between each, I feel like, is not equally distributed. No. Which I guess they're different lengths of time each time jump. Because we it's the first one's two years, then five years, then one year, right? Yes, correct. Two years, um, five years, one year. And which takes it from 2015 exactly to 2020. But I, I, I just, Sorry. I think by the last one, or the the very last one, I was just like, again, again? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. The last one, I think, is the one that is the most vague. Yeah. And up until a point. So she is introduced to her biological father, meets the family, goes to stays for three days, and essentially gets the hell out of there. And once she gets the hell out of there, we just assume that when it flashes two years, I, I did anyway, when it, then it goes two years later and I assume she's back in America. Yeah. I didn't think she was, she stayed there. 
And she did. She stayed in Seoul. And Chris, you said with the, we kind of put two and two together early on. Well, obviously, so you can only send three letters per year from the adoption agency reaching out to a biological parent. And that's it. And then you have to wait another year before you can do it again because they don't, they, it's like a harassment case. So sometimes biological parents don't want to be contacted and that's, they are, that's their right too. So it's obvious that you're staying in Seoul with the sole purpose, no pun intended, of lasting this out and just seeing how long it's going to take until the mother actually does reach back out to her. Yeah. No dice. So two years later, we're reintroduced to her and then it turns out that she does get a response initial response on her birthday or at least she expresses that she did get, i don't know if she got it exactly on her she birthday. got it 10 days before yeah so on a birthday party we're introduced so what's it's disorienting because i'm like oh she's still on soul and then where everybody who she's interacting with with the first chapter of the movie is gone yeah. and it's a whole new cast of characters you, you know what this reminded me of the worst person in the world a bit oh, yeah a little bit a little yes, bit yeah, a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah. in it's terms of that, that like the the jump through time and then how people change and, and, and this person she, yeah. that's sort of unsure of who they are the entire time yeah um, and how they've they've molded through time in mm-hmm. in in the people that who like how you change mm-hmm. the people in your lives around you yeah. as you move through time uh, yeah because she's with like I'm guessing it looks like her on off boyfriend who's a tattoo artist and then she has her friend who works with her who is also french korean who's went back home to find her biological parents yeah. so going through a similar situation she mentions though that she's doing it the correct way which is to wait and to learn the customs and the language so she's actually going through it but she's going through it the slow way and then uh freddie obviously didn't and then freddie at the end of her party when she's getting high she's getting all fucked up it's like a rave dancing party she's like oh yeah she reached out to me and then i'm trying to think when so then in the next time jump so basically it falls through, doesn't it? It doesn't work. So it doesn't actually work out. So then we go from that, that's introduced to these new characters and we never meet again. They're obviously just in and out of Freddie's life. So as we're touching base with Freddie, it's the people that orbit around her life. Before the party, she's hanging out with this French guy who she meets on Hinge. That's why I thought she was back in France because she's yeah. talking with this guy, this French guy. And then I guess she meets him on Hinge or Tinder, whatever it is. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like a hookup. And then it's again is weird. And then it turns out that he's an arms dealer, essentially, mm-hmm. albeit yeah. like a legal arms dealer. Yeah. That whole thing, like you could take all of that out. Kind of came out of nowhere and didn't really felt, do much. And it felt really like jarringly out of place. Her hanging out with the, her friends in the tattoo shop and all that stuff makes sense because she's kind of an edgelord anyway. And I was like, oh, it's totally her scene. But the jump to like her hanging out with the old guy, I, I felt like was a little bit weird. Mm, I, Especially where it goes further on. Well, yeah, I don't, that, I guess, I didn't bother me, but I don't think the movie loses anything if it doesn't have that in it. Um, and it didn't gain anything. I just took it as, like, another example of, like, her self-destructive choices. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. And especially with the knowledge that, like, that's her birthday, and, like, she's there doing that before she goes and meets up with her boyfriend and all these and people that, like, big party for it, clearly, and she you know, doesn't want to be that. at least cared about her a little bit because they showed up to this party. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it 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 compounds more her behavior and and how disconnected like she a is. A lost person just trying to find something. Yeah. So then after the party, after the the revelation that doesn't work out, five years later, and then we're reintroduced to Freddie with a French boyfriend, similar age, same age, I'm guessing, and then we've just she's coming back to soul, coming back to for a different a separate time for a separate time yeah. yeah and and we have become aware of the fact that her relationship with her father 
got a little bit better and they are actually communicating now via text. They go out to dinner. She wants to, her boyfriend to meet the family. And she seems at one point she say, I've quit drinking. I'm vegan. Not eating meat. She looks um, like she's um, kind of like working on herself, mm-hmm. trying to get yeah. better. And her relationship with her new boyfriend seems pretty solid. They seem like they're friendly and they have fun. And she seems like a very different person initially until she goes out to eat with her parents. Uh, sorry, her biological father and her auntie. And they, can you explain what really happens? Because I think that's why I'm starting to get a little bit lost because she mentions his appearance and she's like, why does he look younger? What's wrong with him? And I was like, because he, he did look different. I'm trying to understand what's going on. I I mean, I think he just like, A, he's drinking less. And I, I think he, yeah, I didn't really, that part I didn't get in a whole lot as I guess as to what they were trying to say there or do. Maybe it's like some kind of comment on like how she's, she's like actually present and like willing to like meet halfway in this instance, as opposed to before where she was just kind of like there and she's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll meet you. You're my dad, but like is not really interested in like, yeah, like she just knows like she can speak the language and she knows like the customs a little more. And whereas the first time, like she's, she's kind of hostile to all of that. Um, maybe it has something to do with that. I don't, I'm not entirely sure um, what that line was about. Yeah, I don't really understand. I was really struggling to keep up with it at that point. Not that a lot was happening, but I was just trying to understand the dynamic of what was happening at the table. So I read it as two different ways. One, I read it that when she found out that he looked different, he looked younger, and then he was taking care of himself, I felt like she started to resent him. And And part of me was like, perhaps she, when she met him and she saw his behavior as a drunk, I think that validated the way she's been acting to herself so when she saw her biological father be a total fuck up i think she felt less like i was a fuck up Mm. and this is where i'm getting it from then when she sees that he's taking care of himself just as she started to take care of herself i think she saw herself in her father and i think her biological father and i think that repulsed her in in a way or that shocked her or she couldn't understand it i think you're right because in the car when when her boyfriend says you look a lot like him and then she says that crazy line to him yeah so i think there's like a pops kind of that but i i don't i don't think that happens until after when he gets the cab for her and the, they have the sort of weird sort of weird rushed well, send yeah, off but i that's think that's really weird what that is is him this it's all it's, this is kind of making sense to me now a little more as we're talking about it um i think that's him having grown and learned who she is and is trying to give her more space because that's what he thinks like she wants and i think she reads that i don't think what he's i don't think he, there's anything weird about that at all i think he is going off of their last you know interaction where he was over the top and yeah drunk. and yeah. is trying to not do that and give her space and be respectful of like how she, you know, their complicated relationship. And I think she reads that as rejection. like a, a rejection or abandonment. Mm. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Good. Actually that's a because re- she I like flips, that take better. Like it, it's a, it's like a switch goes off the second he put, they puts him in the car yeah. and she even says, she's like, what's going on? Like, yeah. And she seems, she seems shell shocked by it. And I think, yeah. I think that's the right take. And I think she just think reads it wrong. Right. Yeah. Where, yeah. where it's, it's just him kind of growing and, and learning like what, she wants and been trying to respect that and 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 yeah i think she takes it as the wrong way yeah i think she does because i think she had she had like come to terms of who she was and then also with who he was and i think yeah and then that rejection is like a second rejection where it's like oh wait now you're not gonna like beg for me to stay or like you know what i mean not like 
Yeah, I think you're right. Because it, so then that's when she has a heel turn, more or less, where her boyfriend, God bless him, is just, he's trying to keep up with it. And he's like, oh, and I think he's saying it, he, he, he's trying to say something nice to her, but obviously that really triggered her where it's like, you look like him. Because she's Thanos. like, she's, yeah, and she pulls it, she snaps her fingers. It's just like, I can get, get rid of you with one click of my finger and like, like you didn't exist, which is an incredibly cruel thing to say yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Because that's like basically saying that I don't even validate your existence as being important to me. Especially when you're on a trip in on another trip. complete other country on the other side of the world and you, yeah. And safe to say that's the last we see him. I hope he fucking, well, like, see you later and kicked it to the curb. But like, she basically goes, she's, she, she, she says to the she taxi redirects driver, them to like a party district a party district because mm-hmm. the, the taxi driver is oh you're going to get it in then you know and then next thing we see her waking up in an alleyway by herself fucking, yeah. by herself yeah completely but and then it's after that that she ultimately ends up meeting with her mother and we don't get the same level of time with her mother as we did with her biological father uh biological mother meets her and it's she's almost out of frame almost out of distance when she comes yeah. in they do some nice soft focus pulls that, i think with it Oh, before we go to further, that's another thing I thought about a lot in this movie. Um, I really love how I feel like the camera a lot of times is not, it lingers back in the frame, like the action sort of continues and it stays where you were. And I thought, I don't know if this is like a conscious thing, but it really felt like it's, it's a way of like portraying that, like how, like her past is with her and like kind of an unavoidable, like no matter how hard or, or how how much she tries to like kind of pull away from that it is always there and, and until she like i don't know i just i felt like there was a really good like way to like visualize that a lot of times with her where like she like she's moving out like the camera doesn't follow her or like follow the action a lot it kind of like is lingering with where it is and i, I don't know that just in my head that kind of like felt like a good depiction of like of of someone like desperately trying to get away from their past but like being unable to and I think that's a good take. I, I, I think the camera works really good in the movie um, throughout the a lot of lingering close-ups. There's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot the beginning I, I, of the I, movies, very close-up. Yeah. Everything is really close-up, almost to a point where it feels a little uncomfortable because you just introduce these people and like right, like the camera just does not filter away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very close-in shot. So yeah, I think I think there's really good camera work going on. Um, in, in that scene when she meets her mother with the, the focus pull and then we just see her and then it's very emotional. She's very emotional. She's crying. Um, but we don't really get anything from it. She, her mother asks the uh, lady, at the adoption agency in Korean, she's like, Hey, can I touch her? And she's like, yes. So we say, I put a hand down, mm-hmm. a handbag down. And then she reaches in to touch it. That's pretty much all we get. Um, which is, is very touching. Yeah. But no closure or like, at least not for us as an audience. Um, then time jump again. We'll, we also get to see the passing of the note with the email address written oh, on it yes, as well. That's right. So um, she hands her an email address, which is um, on, a, on a note. So time jump one year later, where we see Freddie by herself. And I don't know where she is. I think she's hiking in France, somewhere in France. Yeah, I'm not sure where she is. And she's hiking, which is very unlike her, uh, being like a inner city party goth rave kid. And then we see her hiking. And then she walks into this hotel, which looks like in the, like literally in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody there. It's like, it's... It seems almost fake. I mentioned when we watched it, I was like, is this the overlook? Because it's just like, <laughs> where is everybody? Uh, so she goes to get a room. The lady's like, yes, we can give you a room, but we just need a minute till, till we can open it up. So she's like, I'm going to use the restroom. Goes upstairs, use the restroom. When she's sitting on the restroom, she looks through her wallet and she pulls out the piece of paper from her mother. Mm-hmm. And we find out again, the recurring theme of birthdays, the, the recurring theme of touching base with her on her birthday is interesting too. Mm-hmm. And then it's a birthday again. And 
she's reading through the, she gets the email address that she, and she translates into Korean, sends a message to her mother, and then immediately gets a message back saying, unable to deliver, which could lead us to think a lot of things. It could be that her, we know her mother's older, so perhaps her mother passed in the five, in the, in the one year since she saw her. Yeah. Or it could be a case of she deleted the email and she was like, once is enough for me. That was too emotional. Like, I reach up, but I'm not, not going to yeah. reach back out. And basically she's but saying... She did wait a year to... Exactly. But she says, she acknowledges in the message. She said, I'm sorry. I it's took been a while, so long to, to reach out. Um, and she says, I think I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Which is an interesting take too, because I don't think she genuinely knows how to be happy. I don't think anybody really knows how to be happy, but I feel like people in her situation is un, unable to more so than other people stop and appreciate like being happy. I think at least for the first time in her life, at least in the, the life her in the parts of her life that we've been privy to in the movie that she's actually at least trying to be for once. Yeah. But also if you notice that with every interaction that like, as we move on through time for the less and less people that are in her life, so ultimately yeah. it's just her by herself. Yeah. Hiking by herself, staying in an empty hotel by herself. So she has in a way, I don't know if that's in the, like the movie trying to tell us how she's like basically isolated herself from everybody. And perhaps that's why she is happy because she's, it's a nice bittersweet ending because it doesn't, it leaves it up to whatever we decide. Ties in really nicely to, to the, the conversation she has at the beginning about sight reading. Yes. Why she starts to play the piano game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the beginning where she talks or I don't know, she says like what a sight reading is and like, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and it's the ability to, to, to uh, interpret the signs and, and to, to read, read like essentially read a room. Yeah. Which is what she does at the party where she makes everybody sit around together. But it could be argued that she does not have that ability at all. Yeah. In, in terms of like what she, when she thinks she does, because she obviously can't read a room because she treats everybody like shit. So she can't exactly like navigate anything. And then I can't tell if her playing the piano poorly was that she hadn't played music in a long time, which it probably was the case. Or it's also in a way saying that she knows what she would have to do to do that, but she's incapable of doing that. That's why her performance on the piano seems stilted and, and, and poorly played because I, maybe it's in a way like her saying sight reading is like being able to understand how to, to do anything, like to live, to navigate yeah. your life, navigate your emotions, to, to be able to like pinpoint what you need to do and do the right thing when you need to do the right thing, hit the right note when you need to hit the right note. And then she's never been able to do that because nobody can do that. You know? Yeah. So maybe that's something to do. I don't know. Thematically. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot too. It fits a lot. I really, I don't know. I really like the ending, even though that I'm not sure what, I don't know that I'm sure on like what I think it's trying to say, but I, I really like the ending. I don't know that we needed the time jump, but I, I liked, I liked the final shot of this. I lot. like the final one. I do. Yeah. I think the one that, the one I like the least is the reintroduction of her as healthy eating and, that yeah. that to me just felt. I mean, I I think the scene with the biological father is really great. Yeah, but when he I plays her the like, song. Wait, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he plays her, but, but like I think her character then just feels so. A lot of it's off. The fact that she's now like an international arms dealer too, and she's she's traveling <laughs> around the world. All of that was a little bit like I don't need all of that information. You can just present me her and let me figure out who she is right now without it being like. Well, I guess ultimately, she didn't need that either. No. Well, she didn't because she didn't end up doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Is that just an example? I mean, because also her hairstyle is different every single one of those time jumps and she has tattoos. She didn't in the first. And is that just like a way of just saying like, we can be a lot of different people 
in our lives, which is like the t- original title, which is all the people I will never be. Yeah. Which I think it should have stayed that way. Yeah. And then think about it too. All the people I will never be is like, you grew up to be your parents. Whether you like it or not. Or not. And, but she can't grow up to be her parents because she never had her parent, yeah. like her biological parents. So that's an interesting thing. Interesting. To, I think the title's way better. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because you're right. She, people she'll never know, people she'll never have a relationship with, people she will never see herself in because th- that was just not what was meant to be. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Or not what happened. Yeah, the more I talk about the movie, the more I do like the movie. Now, dear listener, it is a bit of a bummer. Like the movie's a bit, it's not like, not that I'm saying every movie needs to be a good vibe. No, yeah. I did feel a little bummed out at the end. I mean, of the she's movie. struggling through a lot of this movie. Yeah, yeah and, and it is not. There are times it's when it's not really watch. easy to deal with. Yeah, um, or the process. Um, yeah. But all the same, I think I don't know. I think they. I I will say those moments don't feel like unearned or cheap. Like they, um, and I feel like they hit each time. They feel very real. Yeah, and I, they feel like like they don't feel like I don't know like big emotional swings for the sake of like they feel natural like are like the things that would occur in this character's life instead of like they don't i don't know you know they don't feel like big movie like you know this is the part where you get sad you know like that or anything like that it's not uh, melodramatic or anything no like it's that. not it's not showy and it's in in the character's actions or behavior it's not yeah it's definitely not melodramatic at all no they, they don't do anything that most movies would do which is like they don't have musical cues for like sad times or there's parts of it and i think it's also due to the camera work where i it felt almost documentary like almost in a way it's still like in, in a dream state because it's still a movie but there's parts where i felt like i was in the room with them so i felt and especially different scenes the the scenes i felt the most like i was there were the earlier on uh where they they're having dinner and she introduces everybody and gets everybody sit around together and then the build up to the club scene or like the rave whatever her birthday party scene like i felt very in it it felt like because the camera was so pulled in i was pulled in the performances are really raw and natural and it just felt really engaging so i did feel like a fly on the wall for a lot of that which i think is a really good if it can make you feel that way it's good because it really pulls you in oh yeah yeah i really love the the whole birthday the birthday party section of this might be might be my whole uh, my favorite section of the whole movie there's a lot going on. There's, yeah. I think there's a lot to keep up with too. And I think there's also so much going on in that scene that isn't being like said aloud or oh, communicated verbally. Um, and I think it's, I think it's really uh, well done, especially the, like one little montage of just like kind of, it's just like close ups on like people's bodies as they're dancing. I really love that part too. It's like blade. Mm-hmm. I was kept <laughs> for the blood to come down from or the climax. Ceiling. Maybe think of climax. Oh yeah. A little bit. Yeah. My favorite scene and probably the heaviest one for me was when she was at dinner for the first time with her biological dad and sister and, and grandma and everyone was having to translate for her. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. I just can't. No. It would feel so awkward. Yeah. And then, you know, like it, that has that great scene after that where she opens the refrigerator and it's just, everything's alien to it. Like yeah. all of the food's alien and, yeah. and it's just like, well, yeah, because think about how normal re- opening the refrigerator is at your parents' house. Because like you go to your parents' house, you're like, I know what I'm going to have in here. You open it up, it's the same shit they always keep in the fridge. And then it's the same comfort food that you might want to get out. And the fact that you can open up a fridge, which should be a so- food as a source of comfort, and she finds no comfort or solace in there because it's lost in translation to her again. That's a really, that says so much. Just that refrigerator scene is like 
really good, really hitting home that she's not home. Yeah, and and I I like, yeah, that, and then immediately the the interaction with her father's wife with yeah. the translator yeah. thing, like that, just like hammers home and like how kind of out of her element she is, um, which I think really juxtaposes was really nicely with like the personality of her that we're introduced to at the beginning is just like this kind of free spirited, like French woman who's yeah, like, uh-huh. who, who is like kind of brings everyone like to this table to like hang out. And, and it's like, she, I don't know. It's like the first time I think that in the movie, at least maybe not the first time, but like it really sets in at that point how she's just not like, I think to herself for the first time it sets in. It's yeah, like, she's like, shit, I, yeah, don't I don't know what I'm doing. Situation. Yeah. 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 And like I, yeah, I can't yes. bullshit my way out of this because she's so in control in the first scene. Yes, she's so in control, mm-hmm. and and like and yeah, and it's just downhill from there. Yeah, she definitely thrives on control, and I think she, you can tell by the way she treats other people in her life, like the control that she has over those other people, or tries to enact over other people. The control over her boyfriend, who she's really cruel to in the car, the or, or control, even just the friend that she makes from the hotel. Exactly. Which, yeah. In in the way that she makes a pass at her. And it's almost as if like, I can do what I want to you. Like you're going to do, you're going to fall in love with me or you're going to like, I can bend you to my will and then to take her and then pull the rug out from her and he'd be completely lost. Yeah. yeah. I took a lot of it as her just kind of spinning in the face of culture, her, well, it's her culture, but she's not familiar with it. When or she yes, it. pulls herself a drink, even though yeah. they say, Hey, don't do it. She's oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'm French. I can do what I like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's also a sign of age too, because when we're introduced to her, I think oh, she's yeah. what, like 27, 26, 20, 27, 25, 25, I think. So yeah, she ends up being 33 throughout the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think like also a sign of her like cockiness in her in, in, in like the, the, the like bravura of youth where it's like, I can do what I want. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the yeah. world, you know, you know, world's mine, world's my oyster. Yeah, like, totally. Just, yeah. I know who I am when really yeah. she literally doesn't know who she is. <laughs> I definitely um, had that moment in my life <laughs> oh yeah i'm 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 kind of getting that into that in my 40s hell yeah <laughs> 40s is the new 20 40 is the new 20 that's good to know sure. it never stops well 40s is two 20s like i double <laughs> double fun of 20s you know <laughs> so everything's doubled for me you know uh my heartburn is doubled <laughs> my exhaustion uh yeah wow um yeah big recommend for me yeah yeah i uh yeah i i mean i had same i guess high expectations going in just because it was something I was kind of drawn to initially, but yeah, uh, I I thought it was great, and I, I wish I'd gone. I wish I'd seen it sooner. Yeah, wish I hadn't waited so long, but I'm glad I watched it with you guys for sure. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'll take it or leave it watching it with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved how soft it was and peaceful, but also really heavy and real at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I like how it's not under. It's it's really unafraid to sit with the uncomfortableness of the yeah. situation silence too. And, and doesn't try to and like you said doesn't like even though it is soft in moments it doesn't try to soften those moments at all no, i don't no. think which is up to the movie's credit and benefit yeah um, yeah i agree i agree yeah big recommend for me too also we got to shout out the the actor who played her bio dad i don't know his name but uh it was an old boy and yeah, because the whole time I kept saying, I was like, where do I remember him from? <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah. I'd seen his face. He's great. He's a great actor. Yeah. His performance is really good. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy role to play. And I think, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I think everybody's performance is really strong. Yeah. I don't think there's a, I don't think anybody delivers a, a, a soft performance in the movie at all. Everybody's like no. bringing the A game. Especially the lead with it being her first role ever. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's, I think she's pretty fantastic in it. I, 
I think she's, she obviously, I don't, I'm guessing if she's an artist and she's, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be like a, we're going to start seeing her and everything. Yeah. I don't think she's going to sign up for the MCU, but I think, (laughs) um, no, but I'd like to see her in more movies. Like hopefully she pops up in some more stuff in the future. I would definitely Um, like to see her more. And speaking of the MCU, good segue. (laughs) We might as well cover it a bit before we go. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Wow. What an episode. Return to Soul and the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Volume 3. Volume three, yes. Volume three. Yeah, just like the mixtapes, volume three. Yep. Okay, so what are we thinking? I want to uh, hear what you're thinking. Yeah, let's let's let I mean, go first. Okay, because I think so we're I've a heard little, some some snippets. I think we're kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you guys are both positive on it. Yeah. I very no, Extremely. not at all. Not very positive on it at all. Um, there's parts of it I liked. I think there's some fun visual elements to the movie. Um, I do like the um, living planet thing that they go to where it's all there in the veins and it's everybody's dressed like um, blood vessels oh, and, yes. and what have you. Like in terms of like a visual, I think it's fun because I feel like it's outside of the usual Marvel wheelhouse and I like how ridiculous and I like some of the James Gunn's visual touches, you know, like I like how shitty the people on the animal planet look. It looks like an old like garbage pail kids movie. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like, it looks, <laughs> yeah. it looks very of its, it, it's interesting. I think like there's some really cool character designs, yeah. alien design, creature designs. And I, um, I, I love just real quick before you, get, I love how much of that is practical. Oh yeah, yeah totally. There's a, yeah, exactly. Um, it like, actually broke. Costuming. I read something. It, I think it broke the record for the amount of like prosthetics used in a movie. Well, you say, I appreciate that. And I, right. and I like all of that. I thought the, the use of CGI honestly was good. Like when it, the CGI hit, it felt like it was polished. It felt clean. It felt good. Yeah. Certainly better than the last few uh, interviews. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So uh, from a production standpoint, I think the movie's solid. I think a few things I didn't like. I didn't like, it's not really related, but I didn't like the soundtrack. I thought like the soundtrack, it'd been, no, I thought the soundtrack, I, for the first movie, I thought it was pretty inspired. And I get the point of the mixtape being important. Second movie, I think that's great too, when he finds out, oh, there's another mixtape. Mm-hmm. Your mother made you another one. That's great. That's like an emotional tie that the music has to the movie. The minute we get to a Zune, and then it's just starting playing Florence and the Machine. I'm like, like <laughs> it's gone for me. The music, the music being a character in itself in the movie is gone, which I was mourning a little bit because mm-hmm. it just didn't fire and it, and it just didn't feel like it was thought out as much or as, or as considered. And I think that's what makes the first movie really special. I really do. You didn't like that Radiohead opening? No, not at all. It was bloody awful. And I think tonally it was just awful. It didn't work. I think... Uh, another re- another takeaway I have is that I think Chris Chris Pratt Chris Pratt Chris Pratt is fine and likable and I like him and I know everybody fucking hates him and like I don't particularly love him but I think he's great as Stahl. I think he's genuinely great yeah. uh, and I think he's great, does a great performance and I think it really suits his strength strengths as an actor and I think it's great I think Zoe Saldana or Zaldana, um is excellent in everything she's ever in so love seeing her and again. The MVP for the me for the movie is uh, Karen Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan's character, the blue nebula, uh, nebula, steals the movie for me. I think she's great. I'm like, wow! Now she's went from being this like kind of a side character for Gamora to being like a fully fleshed out, interesting, dynamic, cool. Just like a, I would like, I'd watch a Nebula movie. Give me a Nebula movie. She's cool as fuck. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Her performance is great. I think she's great. That's about all I got, guys, for it. I think. Yeah, you mentioned Rocket. Yeah, but it like who gives a shit? It's a fucking CGI raccoon. Like it, I'm not feeling anything. For you don't him. think 
Uh, Koopa's vocal performance is good. Yeah, um, I think it's great. Yeah, I know, but like, I'm not tied to him. Like, I, I, it's, it's an intangible, it's an intangible in a tangible space with actors and people performing. Yeah. And then I've got like a CGI raccoon and it just doesn't really work for me as much. That's and, fair. And I just think that, oh, like, do I Groot, Groot's just like, it's a gimmick to me. It's not even like a, it doesn't even feel like a character. And I feel like the movie's too long, way too fucking long. I feel like you could cut out this whole ox of people. There's people like side characters with ox in that movie that you could take out and it wouldn't affect the movie at all. At all. There's one character that disappears halfway through the movie. That's the the gold people, you know, her like the brother and sister. Aisha. She just basically leaves the movie and she just doesn't come back in. She's and killed. Does she, she, does she? Yeah, yeah, she does. You see, I can't even keep up. There's so much shit going when the on. When the planet blows up. Yeah, when the planet oh, blows up, she gets right, yeah. well, well, that she dies. That. Well, yeah, but whatever. Um, I still... She's still kind of disappeared from the movie. Um, I think that it is... She was kind of shoehorned into it's just She was much, never that important It's too anyway. much of everything. And, and, and like the things that it has, its strengths, it doesn't play on its strengths enough. It's too. It's just too much. It's too much fucking movie. There's too much shit going on. That ultimately we have a great bad guy. His performance is excellent. Oh, man. And yeah. yeah. He's great. He's so good. He's in a different movie than everybody else, which is fine. And he feels like he's in a different movie because he never interacts with the main characters at all. And then ultimately, when he does have a standoff, like the 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 spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Part Volume Three, when he does ultimately, Rocket ends up with it. It's like gone. It's over in two seconds, and we spent an entire movie. We spent. They started hinting at this in the first movie, like the abuse that he suffered in his dark history, and then we finally get to the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie with the big bad character, the bad guy of all bad guys, in Rocket's big nemesis. And modern day Rocket is with him like for two seconds at the end of the movie. I don't think Rocket's real nemesis was the high evolutionary. No, he wasn't really. I think but the real nemesis was allowing himself to open up and have friends yeah, again and, and family. And to trust and, and, trust. and to have a life. And I get that. And well, but and like to I feel forgive like himself for we could have he... some payoff though. Like in terms of uh, I don't know. I felt like it needed I more mean, payoff. Dude, he had his face ripped off. <laughs> Well, I yeah. don't know what like we looked at his bare like gross ass face. I, got to I just, fully shine with his grossness in this movie. I felt like it didn't. Yeah. I love that part by the way. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. very shocked that they no, totally. had that like Yeah. I thought that the, I know people have been laughing about it and like taking the, the piss out of it, but I thought they them using the F bomb was appropriate and I thought it was fun and I liked how they did it and like I know it's it's like What moment when was it? Uh where she's like, getting in the fucking car. Oh yeah, um, okay. <laughs> which I think was cute and fun and and it's got a lot of heat for it because people are saying it's stupid but i actually think it was kind of fun yeah and i actually that section of the movie was my favorite like when they were on that we had planet and it just <laughs> that crime just like we did and you saw like like it, was, it looked like a planet of furries yeah. um, you know what I mean? from a convention and they were having like there was like dealing meth in the alleyway and, yeah. and they were the thing and it was like oh you just made earth point 2.0 which i thought was really was fun so funny so i didn't hate it i didn't regret seeing it it was just felt long like felt really long. It's definitely better in my opinion. So I'll let you guys talk after me because you guys, listeners might respect your opinion more than me. Um, <laughs> I, I feel know. like it was better than Doctor Strange. I haven't seen Quantumania yet, but I've got a feeling it's probably better than that. Yeah, and I feel like it was a, a, this to me of all of these new Marvel movies in this phase felt the most like a Marvel movie. In, in, in terms of production quality, and design and seeing the money on the screen and seeing the big explosions, it felt the most. Everything else, with the, the Eternals is such a random different movie that I don't even put it in with the rest of them. 
The production design on that movie is incredible. But in, if you tie in all the rest of them, this is the only one that actually looks like they're spending money on it. Like yeah. Yeah. really Agreed. spending money on yeah. it. Like it's an actually finished product. It feels A tier. Now, I don't think it's as good as the other Guardians movies, but in this run, it's it's the first time that they put out like a it's like a real flagship Marvel movie yeah. where it didn't seem like it was cutting corners to save money because Doctor Strange looked cheap as shit in parts. I'm guessing Quantumania does too, by the way, by everyone's reaction dude. to Holy it. Shang-Chi oh, looks shit. cheap yeah. in parts. You have to watch it. Black Panther didn't though. You have no, to but I it. don't think I don't think I don't think Black Panther looks as good as it should have. No, it, I don't think it looked as good. I think as this have. movie. I think the CGI in this movie is one. better, and and I don't. While I, I think I've gone on record saying I don't, you know, necessarily enjoy the Black Panther movies that much, especially the first one. I I still think if I'm like Kevin Feige, like Black Panther has to be like you have to throw all your shit at that, all your resources. Yeah, that has to. to be like. Your, I like one like of your flagship it, things yeah. and you know it made a lot of money it was well received so i i don't know but i feel like yeah but I, guardians feels like it like the action and then the cgi and that feels like what black panther should have been there are times I, yeah. there are times when namor's flying around oh, dude, in black panther bad. where i it looks bad. bad well and it also black panther's fucked pardon my french because <laughs> it came out around the same time as avatar 2 i mean how are you gonna have underwater oh, yeah, people yeah. Oh, just after to, we've seen Avatar too, because I'm like it just like they were screwed. I, I mean, every to be fair, anything shooting any kind of water or underwater scenes is, in the next like ruined. ten years ten is years. fucked. But yeah. Black Panther came out before. Avatar no, I know, too. but it, but only by weeks, only yeah. by a matter of not weeks, the, not by that much. And by that point, the trailer exactly. was already out, and yeah, like, okay. yeah, I don't yeah. know. And and when I saw Avatar, like I was like, holy shit, man! Like, yeah, I like I, I haven't gone back to watch Black Panther two, which I enjoyed more than the first one. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll I'll go on record saying uh-huh. that. But like I, I haven't gone back to it for that reason because I feel like a lot of that underwater shit is gonna look rough. It's not gonna look good, and I have like I don't think I think the Little Mermaid's gonna look like shit. But I'm actually going to see it. I'm gonna go see it on my birthday tickets. I think it's gonna look awful. An awful birthday present for you. So (laughs) I heard a oh man, I heard a snippet of one of the. Did you know Lin Lin Manuel Miranda is doing some of the music? Yes, he rewrote rewrote some of the music yeah and, and they changed some of the lyrics admittedly to make it a bit more like i think there was yeah. i i don't know what they did change i don't even care enough to look it up oh i i've heard some stuff there's uh, a there's a there's a part where uh there's like a rapping part and i wanted to oh, rapping in it oh, no. of course it's lynn miranda oh they, so <laughs> hamilton's all rapping isn't it yes there's no way in hell i could sit through that i would probably puke if i had oh, to sit I've, through that <laughs> Yeah, that, that would break me. Twice I've had people try to show me Hamilton, and like under the like they've been like, "You like you like rap, you like hip hop, you'll I, like this." I tried, no, I couldn't get into absolutely it. not. It was can't do it. Too cringy for me. Oh God, yeah. Oof. Um, he's actually though, he is sublime in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Lin, oh yeah, like, he's great. He, in he's that. so good in that. Um, so I really like him because of that. But I can't speak for his work because I I I have a like. This we is a threshold for musicals for me. I could only do I could only do so much. We gotta do like a Hamilton live episode. <laughs> oh my oh. god. No. Um, <laughs> I just don't like I don't like anything where it's somebody's rapping something like the the concept of somebody rapping something historical to me just sounds like my worst nightmare. It feels cheap. It yeah, it because it's cheesy. In on and uh, yeah. appropriating like a certain culture of music. I don't know to me. It's just I just don't like it. I think it sounds like shit. And it sounds yeah. like shit. Yeah. Like, it's I just, just think it good. sounds like yeah, shit. Right? It's just <laughs> yeah. not good. So like you can buy you can borrow flows of as many classic like rap songs as you want. I it's if you're like rapping about fucking 
John Hancock and the Declaration of Independence. I'm not going to give a shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, totally. It just doesn't work. Like yeah. it, it's uh, like musicals, but that musicals do that to me too, where it's just like, um, they'll break in a song and it'll be like, today's going to be a great day. Or like <laughs> something like that where you're like, oh, so we you know what movie did it for me real bad is that Andrew Garfield movie. Uh, um, ting, uh, ting, boom. Uh, tick, tick, boom. Tick, ting, ting, boom. Tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. I started that and I love Andrew Garfield and apparently he's incredible in that. And I started watching it. I was like, I absolutely cannot do this. Does like, he sing in it? Oh, mm-hmm. dude, it's a musical. Yeah. And it's a musical about him writing, writing a musical. A musical. <laughs> I love musicals, but kind of a hat oh, on a hat there. It's bad though, because it's like, picky I'm having cool. a party. My friends are coming over. And then it's just like, and then, and then he's talking about like, and like, I'm, I may be wrong in this, but like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's bad. It's fucking terrible. Now, obviously, musical fans might like it. Yeah. Other Sorry, movies don't bother kids. me as some like Grease doesn't bother me, and that's a musical. And I don't know why that doesn't bother me, but I think it's because they don't they don't sing talk what's happening. So when the <laughs> song comes in, it's just a song, get rid of in Greece. Yeah. As opposed to it being like, yeah, anytime anybody's describing what they're doing by singing or rapping, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. So we'll see. I'll let you guys know how little moment is. We'll do an episode on it. <laughs> Little moment tier list. I yeah. would. I mean, I would go see it if we're gonna do an episode. I'm, gonna, it. I'm gonna go see it just because it's. I have. I can see it for free. So, should we talk a little bit about what we thought about Guardians Three Volume Three? Oh yeah, we kind of got off track there. Yeah, uh, you, you can you can go ahead. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it five out of five. Wow, honestly, yeah, I think it might be better than No Way Home, which is for me pretty big to say. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Really? I'm still not Whoa. sure. Uh, oh wow. Okay, sorry, oh, I, was, I lost my shit over that movie. Yeah, you lost shit over that. But to be fair, that movie for a second on rewatch, that movie doesn't hold up as well. Like the initial impact of No Way Home, but the initial like the scene Garfield again and scene yeah. and like that it only really works the first time you get it. And outside of a stellar Willem Dafoe pro- performance in that movie, like a stellar performance, mm. the rest of that movie doesn't hold up. And also the CGI in that movie is terrible. Um, so I I'll think. I think, because I went to rewatch that movie, and I really enjoyed it at the theater. We saw it open at night, really enjoyed it. And I went to rewatch that movie when it got on Disney Plus or whatever, or whatever it was on. I, I watched it, I rented it, or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, I can't sit through this. This is not good. And I actually skipped to the end when Peter came back into it. Um, or like, once his face came back into it. I went to that part of the movie because I was like, okay, the least the that last I like. 40 minutes. Yeah, I like the last 40 minutes of the movie. So you liked it more? Wow. So I don't know yet. I mean, but I just think it really wrapped up all these character stories really well. And I think it served really, like, it honestly was a standalone. It was just the Guardians trilogy. It wasn't trying to set up for any future MCU stuff for the most part, except yeah. for the post credit scene. I think Adam Warlock was a little right. shoehorned in, but the studios wanted that because I know Gunn, what? What was, what was the post credit scene? Um, you didn't see it? Oh, the one where I just said Star Lord will return? No, there's another one. There's three post credit scenes? There's two. Well, there's I thought the first post credit scene. Yeah. And then there's Rock. Is there. Wait, there's one it? where they're on the planet with, and, and it's Rocket leading the new it's team. Yeah. The new t- yeah, okay, that one. Yeah, I didn't take that as a. I don't know. I just thought that was like, oh, hey, there's an. I mean, because the Guardians are going to continue. Cause, yeah. Exactly. So that's just kind of yeah. like a little. No, so I, that wasn't nearly as annoying to me as like other Marvel teams. No, like a, oh, look who's coming back. or Oh, yeah, like his. Oh, Speaking of which, when they did that one, I think it was on the end of Eternals, was it? In Harry Styles yeah. was in it, it with Pat Oswald. 
yeah. as yeah. like a like a, a dwarf unicorn or whatever it was. What is uh, it's like a mini centaur? Is that anything like it, was that like did that just happen and then like, they never talked about? Are like, they actually coming in a movie? Will they be in a movie? Because didn't that's show Thanos's up? brother. So that's what movie are they going to show up in? The basically, I assume the next Eternals. Yeah. I, I assume they're going to help them get the ones that were taken at the end of Eternals oh, back. Oh, yeah, and then Charlize Theron. Who is she? She is Dormammu's sister. <laughs> what? What, what, are, also, what are we doing? And also Doctor Strange's actual love interest. I forget her name sure. at this. Oh, moment. I forgot. Because she shows up at Doctor Strange. I fucking hated that. Yeah. I, mean, I fucking hated that teaser at the end of Strange only because I love the way that the movie ends originally. Oh yeah, I think the movie ends because I, I love I, how he's like, oh yeah, I got got away yeah, scot free, and yeah. then like he's punished, he's cosmically punished for yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very cool. Yeah, and of course they couldn't let that. They couldn't let it go. Yeah. In um. So who's Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy? Which who plays him? Uh, uh, Will Poulter. Yeah. Oh, so the gold guy is Adam Warlock. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, I mean, I don't know my Marvel. Well, they just deep I, they, think they only call him Adam. They yeah, don't Adam. ever call him yeah. Adam Warlock in the movie. Uh, okay, I like him. He was him. supposed like to Will be in two, and he was going to be more of a villain. Uh-huh. He wasn't. He's, he's an antihero. He's the end. Like he's the very end. He's of the two, cocoon. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. there's supposed to be a lot more in it. And oh, I didn't know that. Originally. Apparently, James Gunn. I think he said that like the studios wanted him to be in this, and so he kind of just had to like find a way to fit, fit him in. Oh, okay, because he's essentially like a was, Superman powers, doesn't yeah. he? More or less, he is basically yeah. So, um, I thought the way they fit him into this was fine. But yeah, I think he had some funny moments. Yeah, um, I like him I like as an actor a yeah. lot. I like the choice to 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 like acknowledge that they like released him from the pod early or whatever. So he's like he's a he's like a child with basically in a man's body with like Superman with like yeah. godlike powers. Um, Pretty funny. Yeah, like when he vaporizes I, that one person, like I thought that's a good way to just deal with like having a character that that is that ridiculously overpowered and having to like include them in this mm-hmm. by like making like i don't know making him kind of an idiot um like i i don't know i genuinely i laugh pretty hard at the scene where she's like let him know we mean business and she just like he just like fries that dude in the chair yeah that was a pretty funny scene actually that was pretty good i also really like um nathan fillin uh, yeah, yeah. uh like philly and Fillin. i just love him as an actor and i feel like he should have been in mc way before now and the fact that he is in here i thought was really fun i thought yeah. he was like I thought his character was really funny and I and I really like um he's like, Yeah, I've got one of those guys on my team too. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, uh, I thought that was really I like that. I got a, I got some good laughs. Like this there's a good sense of humor to the movie. It always has been. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just I, I feel like there's it's just the bloat and excess of Marvel, the the interconnectedness of it all. And granted, this movie is taking place in a bubble outside of that. Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit, which I appreciate it for. But yeah. even then the excess within three movies of like, you know, character payoffs, arcs, like we see um, different people back in it, like little cameos in the background of characters have been in the earlier movies. Howard the Duck's back in it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like even the weight of the three movies felt like a lot of weight. Yeah. Not to mention the weight of that in its place in the rest of the other 28 fucking movies out there. Are, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, my big hope for this year, because I, what else have we got left? From Marvel this year, the Marvels. The Marvels. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. that's it this so, year. Because Blade got pushed. Cautiously optimistic about the Marvels. I think the trailer's great. I think I love Brie Larson. I'm obsessed with Brie Larson. Let's get her over and done with. Uh, so I'm. I think she's fucking great. So I'm looking forward to that. I liked the girl uh, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched most of Miss Marvel. Yeah, I didn't finish it yet, it. but I think it's really good 
Good show. I think she's great. Very cute. So I like the energy of this one. So hopefully, and it's Nia DaCosta uh, directing it. Yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting that. That's interesting. It is interesting. Um, Hot off the heels of Candyman. Yeah. To go in and do this, I think it's really interesting. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Anything more about Guardians, Daniel? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll echo kind of what you said. I, I really liked it. Um, I think it's better than one. I don't know that I'll put it above two. Because two is my favorite MCU movie. I think. Yeah, two is my, I think, well, I think two is the best MCU movie. Okay, so best MCU, MCU movie, Guardians 2 for you. Yeah, I Chris? think. Mm. I think it, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm conflicted. Probably Infinity War is the best one, but. I'm going to go. Which one? Just Infinity War. Wasn't there part one, wasn't part one and part two? Or no, Endgame. Yeah, okay, Infinity, yeah. so the first part is Infinity War? Yeah. Okay. I'd probably go the first Spider-Man. Mm, yeah, that one's great. Or Homecoming. Right? Homecoming. Okay. With Michael Keaton. Uh, I'd, so either Homecoming. There's a good one. Or I would do. I used to be so. Uh, it used to be um Winter Soldier for the longest time. I tried rewatching Winter Soldier not so long back, and I was like, I can't do this. I can't watch it. I don't know why. It just stopped working for me altogether. I just think, yeah, it just stopped working for me. So I would probably say the Far From Home. Or Homecoming, rather. Or Guardians 1. Gu I, Guardians 1 and 2. I'm going to combine them as, like, Guardians... So either Guardians 1 or 2 or Homecoming, I think. Should we ever do a Marvel's tier list? I think we should. <laughs> I mean, well, at this point, we have no listeners left anyway, so nobody cares. So we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, um... It's going to be hard for me. I'm going to have, like, 20 in, like, F tier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like the bottom of the tier list. It'd be weighed down heavy, like real heavy. What would you say is the worst? Okay, what's the worst Marvel movie? Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Ant Quantumania. Yeah. yeah. Really? Worse yeah. than like Thor Dark World? Yeah, Thor Dark World's actually not that bad. I worse, rewatched it. Worse than Love and Thunder? Oh, oh Love and Thunder's pretty bad. Yes. Yeah, from a, from a, from a, yeah. 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 Quantumania is one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen in my life. Gotta watch it now. It's horrible. I've gotta watch it. I have to watch it now. It's I'm gonna like, watch it tonight. It it like gave me a headache. Oh, there's wow. like there are cuts that make no sense. There's like there's no sense of like continuity across cuts. There's like there's this one scene where this like guy is like trying to slide kick, like he's coming at the camera. And then it cuts, and all of a sudden the camera is behind him. So he's going like uh, he's moving away from the camera. Yeah. It, it's just so disorienting, and there's no like wow. it's, it's such a bad movie. I wonder who directed that. Uh, uh, same guy, the same guy that did Wasp, and I'm pretty sure it's. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the same uh, guy that did all three, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, which is crazy because the first the first two I really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, they're not like the best movies ever, I think but the first they're one's fun, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, they're fun little yeah. standalone things. Let's see. I'm curious to see what else he's done. I think it suffered from trying to have to feed the interconnectivity of everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is absolutely the worst example of of that. And the in the sense that like, and I think I talked about it before on our previous episode, but like, there's it's not an Ant Man movie. Yeah, it's just basically, it's barely an yeah, Ant Man movie. They, they, it's basically like Marvel, meanwhile in Marvel, Marvel meanwhile phase in six MCU, and seven, and yeah. possibly eight movie. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Same director, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. What else ones? is Peyton Reed shot? He has. Let's see. Bring it on. Nice. <laughs> Already off to a good start there. Uh, let's see. Oh, what? Oh, okay. No, he directed... There's a Back to the Future TV show? What? Oh, uh, animated? 
I, I don't know, from 1991. Yeah, it's automated. Yeah, okay. He directed all 13 episodes of that. Sorry, this is TV. Um, film, he did Bring It On, uh, Down With Love, don't know what that is. The Breakup, starring Vince Vaughn and Jennifer oh, Aniston. Wow, wow. Uh, yes Man. Yes Man, the Jim Carrey movie. With, I guess uh, Yes Zoe Man Deschanel. got him the Ant-Man job, because that was next. Yeah. And then it's just been the Ant-Man movie since. Yes Man to Ant-Man. Yep. Oh, wow. Weirdly, the Ant-Man... One and two are the outliers in his career in terms of uh, positive critical reception. Because <laughs> they're both above 80. Nothing else is above 65. Wow. Yeah. So it's back to TV for him then. <laughs> Godspeed, my friend. I'll do the bring it on TV show. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm sure they'll give him like Fantastic Four or something. Oh, yeah. No, no, really no. Heavy. Please. Yeah. No. Yeah, they will. look give him the new Avengers movie. <laughs> They'll be like, who can we just pick some money? Uh, totally. I don't want that. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Um, okay, well, I think that wraps another episode of Movies Last Night, yeah. guys. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening, for listening. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we say it at the same time? <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay, Chris, you do it one time, and then I'll do it one time. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and I think that's about it. Um, we'll catch you on the next episode. We'll be back and uh, check out Return to Soul and check out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 if it tickles your fancy. Mm-hmm. And I guess Quantumania if you want to laugh. Yeah, if you hate yourself, Have an ex- some kind of experience. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Bye. <laughs>